0: The Big Footy Port Adelaide Podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision.
1: My team, Power. I
0: love the power. Hi and the welcome power. to the Big Footy Port Adelaide Podcast. This is a weekly show dedicated to all things Port Adelaide Footy Club. I'm your host, Mac and i and team, and back on the podcast this week after a week off is uh, Fishing Rico 4. How you going, mate?
1: Very good, King Macca. What about yourself? Always good, buddy. Good to have you back. Lovely. Good to see the review was on the Port LA website again. I loved looking at it.
0: It was. It's doing very well,
1: which is good. Good work.
0: And uh, also returning to the podcast for the first time this year, um, as always, one of our forum favourites. We're talking with uh, Russell ebert Hey. Uh,
2: good evening, guys. Good evening, all listening. And isn't it great to have a weekend, long weekend off for a horse race?
0: <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Well, we might as well get straight into it and talk about our love and hate for this week, which is something that we loved, something that we hated in and around the Port Adelaide Footy Club this week. REH, I might start with you, mate. What was your love and hate?
2: Uh, well, I've probably got two loves. The one is um, the crowd reaction to Butcher every time he went near the ball or grabbed the mark or almost grabbed the mark uh, yep. when he, um, uh, he went for the ball uh, yesterday. Um, I'm just thinking... 40,000, 45,000 people at the New Adelaide Oval with the amphitheatre. I'm looking forward to that. Him having a day out, another four or six or eight goals one day and just, a, you know, a full house or close enough to a full house. The other love was the season launch. What a great night. What a great night. <laughs> um, and, you know, I just, um, i got to say thanks to Big Footy and all the people who contributed so that we can do a sponsorship and, you um, uh, you know, Big Footy's starting to get a bit of uh, recognition. People know who it is. Um, turning up to those events, I'm starting to get to know some people and just going up and talk to people. I never went to a club function or a club, even a post-game thing, before 2002, and since I've been back in Adelaide uh, in 2010, it really feels like my club. It just was a fantastic night. about it. bit bit later on, and in particular the two guys that we've sponsored Johnny Butcher remembers us, and Matthew Broadbent, and his two housemates are great guys to talk to. Um, uh, They just sort of both remember who the hell Bigfoot is, and who I am, and um, uh, always keen to talk. And I guess my hate is I know I'm a bit picky, but Jasper Pittard's last quarter, when he just seemed to want to give St Kilda the ball all the time. I know we're trying things, but maybe we can try um, icing the clock or you know, not being so risky when we're in front with only a few minutes to go. It just drove me nuts that last quarter.
0: <laughs> Fair call. We probably should have won by a bit more, but we'll get into that a little bit later on. And, yeah, look, um, with the player sponsorships, I mean, I'm very, very proud of what we've been able to achieve at Big Footy for, for the Port Alley Footy Club. I think it's over about $23,000 we've raised in the last four years going back to the foundation leader sponsorship that we did. Um, and then, of course the the captains club and the player sponsorships we 've done since then I think that 's bloody fantastic you know twenty three thousand dollars for a group of people that you know buy their memberships and their season tickets and their merchandise every year to be able to afford to do that on top of that you know I think it 's a great thing
2: and in particular the guys who live interstate or even the odd one overseas who still say they want to do something and um, you know they let us buggers who end up going to the to the uh, Events, uh, we get that extra little satisfaction that they're never going to be able. Well, they're really going to get the chance to get. So you're also got to say thanks for them, for saying, okay, I might not be able to go, but I'm still want to contribute.
0: Yep, absolutely. Uh, Fishing Rick, how about your love and hate, mate? What what did you love and hate this week?
1: Well, it's hard to top that one. I think I think they're very good points, uh, there, guys, and it just shows what passionate supporters we do have. Um, but going on from uh, R.E.H.'s H's cheering I, I think it is great to see um, uh, butcher stand up and he's going in the uh, uh, in the right direction I noticed in your review Macker, you said three goals won from four scoring shots and uh, you know I think that will give us supporters a bit of optimism that uh, he's going in the right direction even if he's wearing uh, some controversial shoes I see <laughs> and um, and uh, my hate uh, for the week, and I'm sure we'll talk about Butcher in a bit more detail in the review anyway. And uh, my hate, I'm, I'm picking at straws here, uh, I guess. I was going to say Sammy Calhoun um, coming off uh, in the reserve, oh sorry, being in the reserves and not starting in the seniors, I really was hoping that he'd get a bit more exposure this year because I think he's got the goods, but now that I've been thinking about it a little bit more, uh, I'd probably want to dwell on and this will come up in the review as well, but our slow starts again in the, in the, at the beginning of the quarter, and uh, especially the first quarter, and uh, we've already brought it up this year as, as well. We just can't uh, afford to keep doing that, and we need to really start doing something there.
0: Yep, fair enough. Absolutely agree with both of them. Um, my love for this week was uh, Mason Shaw. who played in the reserves game um, against South Adelaide. It's the first time I've seen him play where he's really sort of commanded the ball. He took a couple of really big grabs, really big contested grabs. Kicked a few goals. You know, he he really did look like a key forward for the future. Um, It's the first time I've really seen him attack the ball and, you know, look like a real good key forward. So, great to see him do that. Um, My hate you stole my thunder there. I was going to say slow starts, but I'm going to say uh, thrashed in the clearances. Um, We got absolutely pantsed. I think it was something like 29 to 50 in the clearances. Um, which is uh, which is abominable, really. <laughs> it's not good enough. Every time um, it seemed that uh, Renouf was in the mm. run, we really, really struggled. Every time Loby was in there, we sort of broke broke even 50-50. Um, and it sort of coincides with the slow starts where we just get absolutely thrashed in the clearances to start the first quarter, um, and we're behind the eight ball already. And it's happened probably three times this year already. Um, so that's something we need to look, uh, look out for, I think. Um, what we might talk about now is, uh, is the big news of the last sort of seven days, which is the re-signings. Um, four players have committed to the club for the future. Obviously, the big one was Ollie Wines. Um, he's committed to the end of 2016, as well as uh, Cameron O'Shea as well. And uh, Justin Westhoff and Jasper Pittard have committed to the end of 2017. Um, Nick, how do you feel about them? Oh, well,
2: it's great to lock in um, all those guys, but in particular get him, get Ollie out the way um, before the season starts. Uh, all the speculation and the crap you're gonna hear through the meter and will we go back home? You know, we started with Damien Barrett on Thursday night. Same count, we're gonna get him. So it's great to get all that crap out the way at the start of the season. I was always confident he'd sign. Um, again, uh, he doesn't seem like the bloke that uh, would just leave after two years, like uh, Mr. Um, now, uh, Jacobs, um, great to st- stitch up Westy. He wasn't going to go anywhere, but still, it's great to stitch him up. And, and I, I, I can't quite use the word awe, but I, I've become inspired by Camo Schaefer, somebody who made me tear my hair out in 2012. I just have so much confidence when he goes for the ball. I, I don't know what it is, but you see this gap between him and the opposition player and the ball's being kicked in the air. I just know he's going to get there. And I know he's not gonna fumble like he used to fumble. So I personally would have locked him in for another year or two if I don't know whether the club didn't want to do it or he didn't want to do it, but I, I would have liked to have seen him sign a three or four year deal. And I know Jasper frustrates the hell out of me sometimes, but it's good to lock him up because he's got plenty of positive. He just just has to eliminate. if he can eliminate those clanger clanger kicks, you know, he becomes a powerful player for us.
0: Yeah. As you said, Westhoff probably wasn't going to go anywhere else. But um, the other three—they're both—they're all young. Um, they've all got a lot of raw talent, you know, and they're going to lead the way for the future. You feel?
1: Oh look, I think even though everyone's saying that Westhoff probably wasn't going anywhere, um, you know, you got to remember it could have been destabilising for us uh, having to go throughout the season with prolonged talks about the uh, what is it, he's a restricted free agent, so. Um, you know that sort of seals that up for us, which I think is uh, fantastic. And obviously, everyone's going to be talking about Ollie Wine signing on, and it just shows what a disgrace Damien Barrett and these Port Rumens are every year, um, consistently. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, the people try to be destabilising to us as a club, and. Uh, and this really uh, reduces that. And yeah, Cam O'Shea and Jasper, two young guys that are committed, uh, and I think well done to Jasper three years. You know, for a Victorian lad uh, shows where his heart is, and I hope our supporters get around him and uh, and really uh, appreciate the football that he's going to step up and do this year, because we all know he's an absolute gun. We got the power.
0: Alright, and of course the main event yesterday uh, we'll talk about it now, was the, uh, the Port Adelaide versus St Kilda trial game at Albert and Oval. There would have been, I think it only said something like uh, approximately 6,000 people, but I'm sure there was more than that there. To me it looked at over 8,000 people um, Port Adelaide won 18 goals 17, 115. To St Kilda 16 goals, 10, 106 um, Goal kickers were Ebo and Butcher kicked 3 each uh, Westhoff, Cassisi, Boke and Hartlett kicked 2 Whilst White Young, Brody, and Chad Wingard kicked one. Um, Ari, do you want to give us a bit of a quick overview of the game? Uh,
2: slow start, uh, looked disorganised, then sl- then got into it. I think the three-quarter time stats that I wrote down, thought well, I brought them with me, but uh, 47 hit outs to 26, clearances 21 to 42. And that goes with what you were saying, is that Renouf got his hand um, on the ball a lot. Uh, looks like for three quarters they tried to see what Lovie was going to be like up forward and it showed I, I, I don't think it'll work I don't think he's a forward um, Impey to me was bloody impressive uh, he's ready to go he's, he's uh, he, I don't know whether he will play round one because you know we've got a lot of guys to potentially come back in Carlisle, Trengove, Schultz and Gray might mean that he can't get a game but he's good enough to get a game in round one, um, I was I was super impressed with Tom Cl- Clary, um, for a guy who hasn't played an AFL game to be on one of the best uh, centre half backs of uh, centre half forwards of the last uh, uh, decade, twelve years. Uh, okay, it's a practice match and maybe Rewald wasn't as uh, fired up for the game, but um, he wasn't perfect. Tom and he didn't pants uh, Rewald or anything like that, but just for a guy so young to be so composed. Um, is a bloody good sign, you know, considering Carlisle and Trango uh, weren't playing. Jack Homps, a little shaky. Um, I thought for two and a half quarters between uh, late in the first and probably halfway to the uh, last quarter, we were the best side by a long streak, but the tail ends of the game. Uh, and what you said before is that we, we can't afford... Can you imagine doing that to the, to the good sides like Fremantle or Hawthorne who've got um, great kicking skills if we stuff around uh, you know, for the first quarter? We can't keep on relying on our great running ability to get us back into the game.
0: No, fair call. Absolutely agree. We did start very, very slow. Uh, I think it was seven goals to three at, uh, at quarter time. Um, we just couldn't get our hands on the ball, really. I mean, they just they just went bang straight from the get-go. Um, similar to the Essendon game, it took us about 20 minutes to settle down, get our structures right. And from then on, we did take control of the game. Uh, it took us a while to hit the front. We, we only hit the front sort of late in the third quarter. Um, but once we were there, we ran away with it a little bit until St Kilda got a couple of late goals to cut the margin back to nine points. Um, the thing I liked was... I definitely agree with Tom Cleary. I thought he he had a pretty good game on Nick Rewalt. I mean, I think he's only had three goals kicked on him the whole preseason so far. He only had one goal kicked on him yesterday. Um, Impey, I also agree. He looks ready to go in round one. He definitely can play in round one. Whether he'll act, he'll squeeze into the side, I'm not too sure. Um, personally, I I would love to see him play in round one. I think he's ready to go. Um, Rick, what did you think, mate?
1: Well, I was just wondering. Um, I was a bit critical of Renouf um, last game as well, and you guys are, are passing comment that really we got smashed in the in the contest uh, when he was in the ruck, and and Lobi was probably down on output as well um, last game, and he didn't predominantly play ruck this week. Um, where are we going to be heading in our ruck stocks then come round one and two with Renouf isn't up to it and Lobie isn't being front and centre in the in the ruck for 75-80% of the game?
0: To me, it looked uh, like they were uh, they were trying to rest Lobie to try and not expose him to too much ruck work this week with round one next week. Um, I, I agree with that. I agree with yeah. that. He was rested. Otherwise, you know, You've got, I mean, Renouf's only on the rookie list, so there's no guarantee that he's going to be upgraded to get a game anyway. So to me, it just looked like a, a bit of a strategy to sort of give him a little bit of a rest before round one. After he did, he's done a, a fair bit of ruck work the last two weeks, I think. Um, Loby's form it's been sort of hit and miss. I think um, he's definitely working really, really well with the midfielders. Um, but his around the ground form, which was so good late last year, has a, has disappeared a little bit to start the season.
2: I, I think we're going to go Butcher, Schultz, West Off. Trengove comes in. You've got two potential backup run right? to give uh, Lobie a bit of a rest. Yep. Uh, I can't see Renouf playing with Trengove and Butcher being in the side. But it's good to. See, he got his hands on the ball. A couple of times I saw players, you know, sort of pointing to him and him pointing back to the. To the, you know, the ruck rovers and rovers that, uh, you know, went a position. So, obviously, the communication was down a bit. But the fact that, you know, because Hickey's a man mountain. Um, the fact that he was getting his hand, okay, it's not, Hickey's not the best ruckman, but he was getting on over the top of him. The fact that he got so many clear taps and yet St Kilda were just smart enough. You know, Lenny Hayes and um, Jones and co. were smart enough to, uh, to uh, you know, read the play, read the ball with his taps.
0: It was definitely noticeable at the ground. I was standing with Ford Fairlane and past my primus, And we all noted that, um, that yeah, whenever Renouf was in the ruck, <laughs> we were getting thrashed in the clearances. He just couldn't... He was getting his hands on the ball, but just couldn't find our player with the hit out. Um, whereas Loby was actually finding our players, and we were getting a lot of very clean clearances when he was in the ruck. I guess something else I want to talk about is, uh, is forward structure. Um... How did you think it went this week, Nick with uh, with butcher and uh, and Westoff up there?
2: I thought it went pretty well. Um, uh, the first quarter butch was a bit shaky in terms of uh, where to run, but once he clunked one and uh, I think he got the uh, a little left foot kick, it might have been early in the second quarter. he he, um, he was confident going for the ball. I had a chat to him at the season launch. And before I had a chance to ask him about his injuries, oh, you know, I'm really fit and I've got no injuries here, you know. And he went through what, what, what was right with him. So I think he's um, in a confident, uh, you know, headspace at the moment, which is really good. And... You know, I don't know how you can give away a holding in the, uh, your opposition jumper when you're in front, but, you know, that that play there, he worked his way to the front really well and somehow he got a free kick against him. So it's all the good little signs and he's kicking with his left foot when he's out, out on the left-hand side. He's confident enough and he's actually... It's almost a little bit like Treaders. You know, sometimes his left foot kicks on the run are better than his set shots for goal. So yeah. um, as long as we can keep him on the field, you know... He, We're going to stretch any defensive, Schultz, Westhoff and Butcher's there. And the beauty with Westhoff being a swing man, um, you know, we can throw him down back. But Westhoff also is good at floating and Schultz Schultz just does so much work. Uh, You know, Butcher could be the missing link this year.
0: Yep, fair call. I think uh, I do agree with that. I loved Butcher's game yesterday. For me, that was probably outside of his second game of AFL against the Bulldogs when he kicked all those goals. That was probably the best game of AFL footy I've seen him play in terms of structure, running, leading, repeat leading, um, attack on the ball, attack on the man. He was doing everything that a key forward should, Um, and it's something that we haven't seen uh, pretty much all of last year whenever he played. But this year he was doing some really good leading, or this week, sorry, he was doing some very good leading, he was taking some marks, he took a couple of nice contested marks. Um, and kicked three goals, one from four scoring attempts. He also dished off two others, two goals. Um, you know, you, you would take that every week um, from yep. a key forward.
2: I should, too. That's 60 goals. When you yep. get 50 to 60 goals out of him, 60 out of Schultz, and 40 out of Westhoff, you know, that... Um, and then, you, then you've got Wingard and Malfres who might kick 30, 40, and who knows with Robbie Gray. That gives
0: it's us... A, potentially very mean forward line.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Rick, what about <laughs> you, mate?
1: Yeah, well, I was just um, I was just wondering from your notes, Macca, you actually uh, you pointed out that Westhoff played almost like a floating midfielder, which uh, which should enable uh, Butcher more leading space as well, really, to uh, instead of playing behind as he predominantly did a, a fair portion of last year. And I would imagine uh, you guys would also feel if, if Westoff Westhoff is pushing up the ground in that uh, in that floating midfield role, that it should leave enough forward fifty definitely for Butcher and Shields to to, walk to uh, work together.
0: Oh, definitely. I think yeah. if uh, I think we need Butcher to come good. We need Butcher to become that sort of 40-goal forward, and that then allows us to play Westhoff without taking anything away from our forward line. I think when we were playing Westhoff further up the ground last year, you could definitely tell that we were sort of robbing Peter to pay Paul a little bit, whereas this week, Westhoff was able to play as a almost a genuine midfielder, and he did such a good job as well. Um, and he's such a impact player playing on a wing you know that tall sort of midfielder. he can take grabs he can get it forward and not only that you know he was bulking around players he was running and taking a few bounces he did it all yesterday and we really do need butcher in that roll up forward to allow west to do that on a weekly basis
2: and yeah uh, talking about run there was uh, there was good movement um out of defense um you know i liked Impy. Impy uh he's a cocky little bugger which i like and um he takes guys on and he usually gets away with it. So uh, he started some run. Clory's Cl- run th- out of um, half back a few times. A couple of wayward kicks, uh, which was a bit strange because you know most of his video stuff is that he's a he's a damn good kick. But um, he he attacked the ball hard and and tried to provide some run. Um, Polak, it was interesting. A few times he 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 took the ball out out of the back lines when he found himself down there, and um, you know. He's definitely likes, I don't know whether it's natural or he's just been listening to Ken, but he, he's always looking to go through the middle uh, with his kicks. Not, not necessarily his running, but his kicking, he likes bringing the ball back through the corridor.
0: Yep, definitely agree with that. He was, uh, Pollock was someone that I thought was a little bit quieter um, at the ground. I thought, well, he, he hasn't really had the amount of the ball that he had in the previous couple of games. Coming, I was pretty surprised to see that he had 22 touches as well, and he also had 100% disposable efficiency for the game. So, yeah, he's going to be such a key player this year. I thought our running out of defense was pretty good. Um, it was more sort of corridor based than what I thought we were trying to do against Essendon, um, and a little bit, I guess it's hard to say what we were trying to do against the Crows because it was such a young team. Um, but I've I felt that there was a concerted effort to go through the midfield, to go through the corridor this week. Um,
2: Yeah, just just about Polak. um, I actually watched him for about ten minutes, and compared to the Essendon game, he was getting a lot of ball closer to, almost like an inside midfield, and they were sort of. I think uh, he racked up a lot more handballs this week than last week. I haven't seen the stats, but just on what I saw and what I can remember of the um, uh, of the vision from the Essendon game was that he got a lot, lot, lot more handballs in, t- in close and in
0: tight. Yeah, he had 22 touches and he had 10 contested possessions, which was equal first on the ground, I think. So yeah, he, and that, he was uh, doing a lot of grunt work yesterday. Yeah. Which is good, which means that he'll go definitely. in there yeah, as absolutely.
2: well as be the outside guy. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, so it was interesting with our decision-making. It sort of varied. We, when, when we were bad, we looked really bad, and yep. when we were good... We made some great decisions and took – I guess we, it's that high-risk football. When, when it comes off, it looks fantastic. And when the kicking's not up the scratch. We seem to want to uh, cross over the ball from one side of the ground to the other, which is fine, but I don't know whether they didn't read the win properly. but they, It was too it was too long too long a kick, I thought. Sometimes when we uh, – especially in the first half when I was sitting in the Quinn stand, I can recall twice – and I thought why why are you going that far across the ground? It's almost like it's it's ineffective and once resulted in the goal being cut off so I, I don't know whether that's a team rule or it's just them trying things, but you know when you when you're trying to pass the ball sixty meters across the ground to me that's not smart footing.
0: no, no I guess they were trying to switch it um, as they did against Essen and they were trying to switch and find some space on the other side of the ground. I thought our decision making was just okay, it, was, uh, it wasn't was great, it wasn't bad as you said there was, when it came off it was fantastic, I think there was probably two goals where we ran at the length of the ground and uh, and got a goal out of it and it looked absolutely fantastic, the crowd went nuts and there were other times where we just made poor decisions and turned it over um, I think we, we need to sort of clean up our kicking a bit I think we might be a little bit behind in our kicking sort of skills this year um, and given that sort of let us down a, a fair bit last year, I was hoping that would that would be pretty spot on.
2: Well, one thing I forgot to mention earlier was that it seemed like St Kilda read our handballs pretty well and either stuck a hand out or, or, or intercepted our handballs. Um, all, all four quarters, even when we were playing well, we seemed to regularly... I don't know whether it's guys like Lenny Hayes who were just experienced in that, and Jones in there, but um, you know, as I said, just sometimes it was just putting a hand to block the ball and it went to ground rather than a, a complete steal. Yeah,
0: it was the same criticism that I had against Essendon where we were sort of getting our hands on the ball first at the clearance, but then we were turning it over from the first or second disposal <laughs> after getting the ball. Um, and, it, and it was the same again this week. I'm not sure we'll be able to get away with it against Carlton in a real game, um, but I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, Rick, what do you think, mate?
1: Yeah, well, did the, um, I guess with the, those intercepts, I guess it blows this question out of the water. You think it picked up with Essendon as well, but maybe um, uh, Alan Richardson knew our structures a little bit and, and maybe they were able to predict that as well through through his advice, maybe off the Renouf in the ruck, and he wasn't smart enough to maybe change it up and counter that. And uh, the one, the two boys, I guess, he didn't talk about with the running out of defence were... Um, Pittard and O'Shea, how did, how did those guys go? Because we're looking for Pittard to get some consistency in his game now, and uh, there seem to be some differing opinions on the website with uh, you thinking Pittard was okay and others being very critical of his, uh, of his disposal this week.
0: Oh, look, you know me, I'm, <laughs> I'm normally pretty quick to criticise uh, Jasper, but I thought he was pretty good. He, he did make two or three bad decisions, but the rest of his game, I thought, was more than solid. You know, he did provide quite a bit of run. Uh, the rest of the time, I thought his kicking was pretty good. O'Shea made a was pretty well exactly the same as Jasper in that he made sort of two or three really bad errors, um, but the rest of his game was was pretty well fine. The thing I liked about Jasper's game again was you know he was quite uh, quite prepared to back into packs, um, you know to put his body on the line to cop a hit, um, and and he showed a lot of courage which was great. What did you think about our midfield? I thought our midfield worked pretty well outside of. Um, the clearance work, I thought. I thought Boak was best on ground. I thought Hartley had a big game. Ebert was fantastic. Montfries played um, a full game, pretty much as a midfielder, and I thought he was close to best on ground for for most of the game. Um, I thought our midfield turned out pretty well.
2: I, th- I thought Montfries was better than Boak personally. Partler yep. was interesting. They obviously were giving him a rest at half-forward because he'd have like five minutes on and they'd go up to half-forward. And I don't know whether that's trying to protect his shoulder or not, but um, um, he didn't spend as much time as I, what I thought. So it'll be interesting to see what they do against Carlton, whether they'll use him. But, but there was one... One, you know, everybody says that um, Hamer's got a, a long kick and he did kick a 60-metre goal. I'm trying to think he gave... I think maybe it was Johnny Butcher who gave him the handball. But there was this great bullet-like pass um, right up the... It must have been 50-metre pass to Butcher. And I thought, yeah, that's what I want to see from Hammer more is that um, use that kick for those, those laser-like pa- uh, pass, long passes rather than just blazing, which sometimes he does ca- coming out of um, defence a bit.
0: Definitely. It was almost
2: like an old stab pass. It was that hard that he and okay, I know sometimes the forwards don't want it quite that hard, but uh, it was a great, great kick to see.
0: It was very Buckley-like, I thought.
2: Yeah, that actually that's a good that's a good call. It was hard hit hard like Buckley does those kicks. Yeah, or did those kicks, I should say, We're in past tense now.
0: I guess there's two players that I want to talk about in, in a bit more detail, as they're either just in or just out. Um, and that's uh, Jarman Impy and Dom Cassisi. Um How did you see both of their games, and do you think they'll play in round one?
2: Um, as I said, if if Carlisle Trengove, Schultz, and Greg all come back, I can't see Impy making it unless unless they decide he's going to be the sub. And yep. personally, based on what I've seen, I like I like Aaron Young, but I personally would have Impy ahead of Young because he's got a, he's got a lot more. Um, Alternatives like he can play back or forward compared to Young. Uh, he's got more pace than Young. Um, uh, he he can be that burst sort of player. He, you know, if he comes on for just less or just more than a quarter, I reckon he potentially could have more impact than Young. So if he makes it, if he makes it next week, I reckon that's where he'll be. Is it'll be it'll um, be the sub. Yep. Um, sorry, Um. who was the other one? Ah, oh, Dom. Oh, Dom. Yep. Oh, yeah, no, no, I played Dom. You always need somebody doing a shutdown role, and he he played in patches. You could see that he 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 still he still's got it. Um, okay, he's a little slow, but he's just reads the ball well. You just you just have him in there to do a job.
0: Yeah,
2: I think. And uh, because I think Kane did. I think Kane only played half the game, and that's why Kane, That's why probably Dom did more of the stopping role than Kane.
0: Yeah, I thought Dom uh, pretty well played himself into a round one spot this pre season. I think. I thought he was probably on the fringe, most likely to start just out of the team, um, going through the preseason. But this year, with what we've seen through the uh, through the trial games to date, I think he's he's locked himself in to early season form. And as I've said in previous weeks, it's up to someone else to knock him out now. Um, oh, that, that's a fair, call. That's he's, a he's fair played, call he's played some great footy so far this year and, and good on him too, it's great to see Impy's a strange one, I'd love to see him play as I said earlier, I, I would make a spot for him in the team because I think he's got a bit of a point of difference between him and a couple of other players I thought he was brilliant, he was absolutely brilliant on the weekend, just his lateral movement his fast thinking, he can get himself out of trouble um, he's super quick, he's got a big leap and his disposal, which I thought was a little bit iffy at times, um, earlier in the pre-season, I thought was absolutely bang on um, yesterday. He takes risks and they do pay off. Um, I think we need to make a spot for him in the team.
2: Well, as I said, maybe he starts off as the sub. I definitely think he's gone ahead of Colquhoun, and personally I think he's a better value than Young terms of the young players all the rest of the guys virtually pick themselves they're obviously going to play Why they and um, like they didn't ask them not to play so as long as they're healthy um and may, maybe jarman has to wait a few weeks but um i was i was impressed with what i saw i was impressed enough should i say with what i saw um in both games on tv but in live he um he's really impressive yeah
0: Well, we might leave it there for that game. Um, Obviously, there's a lot to look forward to next week with Round 1 coming up against Carlton. Of course, yesterday it was a doubleheader. 9.30am, it was a bit of an early start. It was Port Adelaide versus South Adelaide in the SANFL. Um... Our side was based pretty much 50-50 between sort of AFL-listed players and the SNFL-only backups. Um, Port broke out to an early lead. They led four goals to one at quarter time. Um, they were able to hold the lead for for pretty much the whole game. Um, South threatened to take over uh, throughout the third quarter, um, but Port took back control in the last quarter. They won nine goals, 10-64, to seven goals, 7-49, so a 15-point victory. Um, Mason Shaw kicked three goals in a in a very very good polished uh, performance there. Uh, Hitchie kicked two. Colhoun, Sam Gray, uh, Lewis Sharrod, and Anthony Beemans kicked single goals for the Maggies. How
2: did the um, how did the sort of um, uh, Maggies players blend in with the um, with the power guys? Did uh, did they know each other's game? I guess
0: yeah you could tell the that the Maggie's players or a lot of the younger guys sort of like robbie young and um and Hawkins those sort of guys I, f- I think they struggled a little bit um they've got a lot of a lot of the Maggie's players that we've recruited um, to be these backup players they're they're all very young very thin very skinny but super super quick um, so it's just a matter of them building into their bodies and getting used to the game style i think um it was, the best players was pretty well mixed between 50-50 AFL and SANFL players. Um, Sammy Colhoun was best on ground, in my opinion. I thought he had a great game. He was a bit sloppy to start with, um, but he worked into it really, really well, uh, especially through the second half. Uh, Tommy Logan was brilliant playing as, a, as pretty much a pure midfielder. He had a great game. Sammy Gray, he you know did what he always did. You know, He would have got 25, 30 touches. Um, out of the Magpies only players, I thought... Um, uh, Beemans was probably the best. He's a, a really impressive uh, player. He's really well built. He's small, quick, solid. He attacks it at 100%. Um, he'll win a lot of uh, Maggie's fans over. And I thought uh, Sawford and Harron were also high in our best players as well. Sawford's more of a very similar to Beemans and sort of uh, Kulikowski from last year in that he, you know, well built, can run, can carry the ball did very well. Harron was fantastic in the ruck in the first half. I thought he was best on ground through the first half. Then he moved to full back and did a pretty good job on Brett Eddy there as well. Um, So he's a player to look forward to for the future as well.
2: Um, How did, um, uh, you briefly mentioned Mason Shaw. How did Shaw and um, I guess this is a critical year for Benny Newton. How do you see their games?
0: Shaw was great. Shaw was fantastic. Um, I think we've got a lot to look forward to with him. Um, he'll continue to improve without a doubt. I thought Harvey really struggled. I'm not sure he's ready for SANFL footy on that showing. He probably only had two or three kicks. He sort of took over in the ruck for a little bit, but he just couldn't get his hands on the ball. Um, Benny Newton was great. I thought he had a little bit of a slow start, but his second half was fantastic. As I've said before, he reminds me a lot of uh, Salippek and his ability to get the ball at a clearance, get hands free, and dish off a, a very effective handball. You know, he, he was pretty good.
2: Um, obviously, this is a critical year for him. If he if he cracks it regularly in the um, in the A grade, where do you see him? Where do you see his position?
0: Um, at AFL level, yeah, I think he'd be a, a bench midfielder. Uh, coming in this year, he'll start on the bench and then fill in for a a Boca or an Ebert um, when they come off the ground for a rest.
2: Okay, so you reckon he'll be able to get lots of inside ball?
0: He's a a clearance-winning midfielder. That's where he needs to play, in my opinion. Um, That's where I think he does his best work.
2: No, I guess I knew he was a clearance. That that was his strength, but whether he's... You reckon he'd be good enough rather than sort of put him out... On half-back or something?
0: I think he'd uh, he'd do all right on a forward flank. So I think he's pretty similar to Aaron Young in that um, I think their clearance work is their best trait, but they could also play out forward as well. I'm not sure I'd play him on a back flank um, just because I don't think he's got the pace uh, to go with a lot of players. Um, but certainly on a forward flank, I, I think he'd, he'd be pretty well.
2: And did the Hoon rack up his usual 30 disposals at a sample level?
0: Oh, he did, yeah. yeah. Yeah, as I said, he was best on ground. I thought he, got, uh, he would have got a good sort of 20 to 25 touches, um, used it well, um, was a little bit more penetrating with his kicks this week, I thought, than, uh, than we normally see.
2: Yeah, and Tommy Logan, my man that uh, I reckon uh, struggles when it's fast and dry, but come the rain, he'll be in the side. I guess uh, he's going to be struggling to make the uh, A grade unless there's a few injuries.
0: I think he will do his normal job of playing sort of 10 to 12 games. And, you know, you know at SANFL level, he's going to be – he's a high-quality player at uh, yeah. at, the, at the State League level. And as I've said a, a few times over the years, I think if he played a full year at SANFL, he'd win a McGarry, just like Thomas did.
1: Yeah, I was just wondering, um, now with the whole one club and you, we've got Gary Hocking coaching the, the Magpies um, – uh, did you did you notice a uh, more comparable game style between our first and second side, maybe compared to the disjointed aspects there would have been in previous years? And Because uh, there wasn't really that one club merger. And, and I guess our Archie, there was a few comments that he did some good things, but probably didn't do the right things when he had the opportunity.
0: Uh, I think structurally, certainly up forward, I think we set up pretty well as the AFL team set up. Um, Through the midfield, I thought we were pretty similar. Um, We did try and switch the play quite a lot, as we have done um, at AFL level this preseason. So, look, I I do think that um, there is a concerted effort to have a matching game style at SANFL level to what we are doing at AFL level, so that when players... And this is probably the key thing about the one club and having everyone under the one roof, is that we can do that, so that when they do go up to the next level... um, they pretty much, you know, bang on, know the structures and know what they've got to do already, which is fantastic. As for Archie, I thought he was a a bit quiet. When he got the ball, he was really good. He just didn't get enough of it. You know, I think he's got to work on his positioning. I'm not sure how we played him is uh, is going to do him any good. We sort of played him in the hole between sort of full forward and centre-half forward between Shaw and Harvey. And I'm not sure really allowed him to get into the play all that much as sort of Shaw and Harvey were our main targets and he was just sort of floating around hoping to get some crumbs. Um, but when he when he did get the ball, he was pretty good. I think he's got to work on his goal kicking. Um, that's a bit of a mess. Um, but if he does that, he'll be he'll be a pretty good SNFL player and, and possibly get a game later on in this year, I think.
2: you reckon he'll get a game?
0: I think he... I think it's possible. Yeah, I mean, we, we've kept him on the list for a reason, and my opinion is that if you're on the list, then you've got to hope to get a game, really. I think it, it, he'll probably rely on injuries. I mean, it's hard... It, he certainly won't be knocking out a Robbie Gray or a Monfries or, or Wingard or anyone like that. Um, but, look, I, I think if he, if he does improve his game, if he gets up to that sort of 18 to 20 disposal level and can kick a goal or two a game... I think they'll look to to see what he can do at AFL level to see if he's deserving of another contract.
1: Look, oh, I'm with you, Macca. I reckon end of the year, end of the uh, end of the season, he should be pushing at at least to be getting senior selection.
0: Yeah, if he's not, then he's gone. <laughs> I think it's pretty clear. Um, so yeah, he'll he'll be hoping to improve his output for sure.
2: Um, you you know, you know I'm a little bit Rick. Uh, has he got any injuries? Um, he's trying to overcome.
1: Yeah, look, I know he did mention to me um, earlier in the pre-season that he had something. I won't say what it is. I'm not great mates with Um, him or anything. But but, uh, he did have a niggle, I think, from what he was saying that – was going to, was holding him back in the pre-season training, which I think has been a problem for him for the last couple of years now. So, uh, And that's something he's trying to overcome. So that's why I think as well I'd be hoping that uh, come the second half of the year, he should be able to catch up on that loss of pre-season because he didn't go to the Dubai camp with a couple other guys that sat out as well. So... Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think he was always, and we said it again last year as well, he was always recruited as an, an underager. So, you know, he's probably, he probably needs that extra year or two in the system. And, and let's face it, we've we've probably had a time in our cycle where we can probably afford to carry a couple of those underages as well and, and give them a bit more of an opportunity to develop in the AFL system. Yep. Yeah. Did Jake, did Jake need play yesterday? He did. He did. He was uh, very
0: disappointing. I would say. Yeah. Just, um, I don't know, he, he just needs to work on his positioning. He just needs to find a way to get involved in the play. When Similar to Archie, when he got the ball, something really good happened, but he only probably had six or seven touches for the day. Um, didn't really notice him getting in the right spots to sort of run and carry with the ball. He was sort of more on a forward flank and just, I don't know, got a little bit lost out there, I thought.
2: Unlike last pre-season, there isn't any good you know, positive news coming out about Jake this year.
0: No, it seems, I don't know, maybe he's going to have a a bit of a year of second-year blues, but I don't know, he just needs to find a way to get himself more involved in games.
2: Yeah, well, being a small forward, you're going to have limited opportunities, aren't you? So you've got to make the most of uh, what you get and then try and make some extra ones.
0: All right, well, I think that's it for this evening. Um, it was a very, very good day at Alberton and two great, day, uh, two great games. Um, it was great to see both teams win. Um, thanks for coming on, REH. It's great to have you back on again.
2: No
1: problems anytime.
0: And uh, Rick, as always, mate, it's been a pleasure.
1: Yeah, no dramas, buddy. Thanks, Nick. See
2: you, Rick. See you, Macca.
0: And just to let you know, we'll be doing the uh, the preview podcast. It'll be out on Thursday night with the after selection, so we can talk about who's in, who's out, who's been a bit lucky and unlucky, um, and of course a preview for the Carlton game. So you can look forward to that on Thursday night.
2: He's got to keep his feet. Corns just worried him out of it. Slips the handball
1: to Tredray. Back turn. Well done, little Gib. This might be it. Corns, Tredrea, Pierce.